Consumed. Written by Aaron Flynn. Read by Jonathan Smith. And brought to you by Cladwell. Intro. The problem. Too many clothes and nothing to wear? You're not alone. We've all had that feeling that our closet would be better off if we could just start over, declare closet bankruptcy, and buy an entirely new wardrobe. But what if our clothes aren't the problem? The story you believe about clothing directly impacts the way you experience life. We've been told a story about our clothes, closet, and personal style that has tainted the way we live our lives. The story that a bigger closet equals a bigger life. It's not true. The thing is, it hasn't always been this way. In fact, in the 1980s, the average American bought just 12 articles of clothing each year. Today, that number has increased to 68 articles of clothing a year, half of which are worn three times or less. Clothing is unique to being human. No other creature desires, or attempts, to regularly clothe itself, except those owned by humans. Yeah, that dog wearing booties, he didn't choose those booties. Those booties were chosen for him by a human. As humans, we acquire and use clothing for a variety of purposes. To keep warm, attract someone's attention, fit in, or express ourselves. Sure, sure, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but books have covers for a reason. It's not just to hold the pages in. It's to give you an impression of what the story is all about. Hajo Adam and Adam D. Galinsky, in their 2012 Journal of Experimental Social Psychology, introduced the term enclothed cognition. Enclothed cognition is the systematic influence that clothing has on the wearer's psychological process. They observed people's behaviors during an activity in which one group of participants were given a doctor's white coat, and the other group received a painter's white coat. Both coats were actually the same, but the results were different. The clothes made a difference. A person's ability to pay attention increased dramatically when wearing a doctor's lab coat, but there were no changes amongst those who believed their coat belonged to a painter. But it's not all rainbows and lab coats. There are two concepts that have changed how we view clothes over time. The first concept is planned obsolescence. Planned obsolescence is when a product is designed not to last. It is intentionally created with subpar quality or designed to go out of style to increase the likelihood of a second purchase. It used to be that your grandpa could buy a pair of Levi's blue jeans and never have to buy another pair. Clothes used to last. And grandpa walked uphill to school, both ways, and he liked it. Today, we're kind of used to t-shirts only lasting a few cycles in the laundry before we need to replace them. And because they are so cheap, we may as well. The second concept is perceived obsolescence. Perceived obsolescence is when you believe that the thing you have is not good anymore. New styles mean there are old styles, and we've been conditioned to believe that the newest thing is the best thing. In the book Made to Break, Technology and Obsolescence in America, author Giles Slade explores a 1928 advertising magazine that says, quote, it was obviously necessary for us to make the people who cling to the old sets realize just how out of date they are. 
ridicule of the past from which the silver was handed down proved to be the best plan. See, in the late 1920s, young couples were keeping their family heirloom silver, and it was preventing repeat purchases. People were intentionally coerced into believing that the perfectly good thing they had was no longer perfectly good. Sure, blaming the industries is easy. All of those rich old men in tall buildings, they're the ones to blame, right? Right? We can all agree products should be built to last, and disposable goods marketed as quality are not okay. But, if we're being completely honest with ourselves, like, really honest, it doesn't stop there. We need to take a deep look at why we want, or rather consume, what we don't need. For most Americans, studies have shown we throw away 80 pounds of clothes per year, and only wear 20% of what we own. So why do we continue to shop when 80% of what we own is unused? Before 1980, it took around 21 months for traditional retailers to develop clothes. Then, some retailers created a new way of quick-response manufacturing called fast fashion. Fast fashion is a new process that only takes about four months to create clothes. This changed how we shopped. We went from having two fashion seasons a year to now having 52 seasons a year one every week. Somewhere throughout the years, we completely lost our way. We got confused with all the sales and cheap clothes. We abandoned our sense of personal style and collected more items, leaving us feeling ill-equipped to deal with our closets. In continuous hopes of finding clothes that would last or weren't just meh, we shopped. But we can't shop our way out of this problem. Shopping only makes the confusion worse. In a matter of months, we end up in the same situation. A closet full of clothes with nothing to wear. Unfortunately, having clothes we don't love is how we remain caught in an endless cycle of consumerism that culminates in clutter. When recognized, it feels helpless. When addressed, it becomes overwhelming. Especially when studies have proven that the more we buy, the less whole we become. Okay. Whoa, it's getting a little dark here. Let's open up the curtains and remember some things. You used to dress up as a kid and not care. You used to have a favorite color. You used to look at a thing, like that thing, and then wear that thing just because you like it. Thinking about the world of clothing from the perspective of a little kid can help us gain a new understanding of what we honestly, truly, deeply, and earnestly like. It can remind us that we were once capable of putting our clothes together. We have a choice. A choice to face the clutter instead of adding to it. A choice to decide what we like and what we don't. A choice to determine when and how fast we shop. To learn why we're shopping faster than ever before, go to episode 11 on cladwell.com slash themakingofcladwell to hear from expert and author of The Conscious Closet, Elizabeth Klein. For a bonus video, watch episode 1 on cladwell.com slash themakingofcladwell. Intro. The Solution. A lot of times when we become aware of a problem, we feel paralyzed. We don't know how to help or what to do. But that's not the case with clothing. There is something each of us can do that makes a big impact on solving the problem. It's called a capsule. What is a capsule wardrobe? A capsule wardrobe is when you love and wear every single clothing item in your seasonal closet. Sometimes we buy clothes just because they're cheap or new. Over time, this creates clutter in our homes, hearts, and minds. 
Creating a capsule simply means reducing our closets to only those favorite items we reach for every morning. It helps us create less clothing waste and make the most of what we own. First, there are no rules, only guidelines. In fact, the number of clothes doesn't matter. Clothes play an important role in our lives. However, this idea that by having more, we'll gain more, must be put to rest. Having a capsule wardrobe is not about removing the things you don't love. It's about making space for the things you do. We all want to have more freedom, more time, and more money. It's up to you to determine if what you're holding on to is really holding on to you. Most importantly, you don't have to compare yourself to them, whoever them is for you. Maybe it's a celebrity, a friend, or maybe it's a past version of yourself. Come as you are. Your body, your size, your you, today. That's enough. Being critical beyond that is a waste of your time. We must ask the hard questions. Forget the pair of pants that once fit. If it doesn't fit today, it shouldn't reserve space in your closet. Forget the style you once had. If it's not who you are today, it doesn't deserve a place on a hanger. Let go of the guilt of not wearing the item with tags or donating that sweatshirt you were once gifted. Let it go. Once you've traveled down this path, you'll likely notice clutter that you didn't notice before. That's great. Now it's time to clear that stuff out of your life and begin something new. It's time to create your dream closet. Let us be your guide. To learn more about creating a capsule, go to episode 5 on cladwell.com slash themakingofcladwell. Guideline number one. Find your core. We are excited to take you through a process that will give you a sense of freedom, simplify your wardrobe, and help you develop your own personal style. This technique has changed lives, and we hope can do the same for you. So let's get started. Imagine how a clean and simplified closet could make getting dressed easier. By taking the first step to creating a capsule, you're taking a bold step towards reducing stress and living with intention. Our mission in this step is to assess what you have and create space for what you need. And listen, cleaning out your closet is serious business, so we suggest that you grab a friend to keep you honest and motivated. Part 1. Take everything out of your closet. Yes, absolutely everything in your closet, your drawers, and even your stray laundry baskets. Trust us, this is the only way to know exactly what you have and what you need. You should also include shoes, but for now, leave out accessories. That's for later. Part 2. Separate the big pile into two piles. Pile 1 is only for the things that you love and wear all the time. Pile 2 is for everything else. Oftentimes, when we look into our closets, we see more than just clothes. We see all the memories that have given life to our clothes. We see labels that we've been told signify status and worth. Sometimes we become overwhelmed with how much money we've spent on clothing over time. Sometimes we latch on to the what-ifs. Don't let nostalgia, labels, cash spent, or the what-ifs throw you off. We've been taught that more is better or that in order to be fashionable, we have to constantly purchase new clothes to keep up. But the truth is, you are who you are, not what you own. As you sort, hold each item and ask yourself, Do I love this? Do I wear it all the time? If the answer is yes, it goes into pile one. 
If the answer is no, or even maybe, it goes in pile two. After sorting through every single item, you're well on your way to building your dream capsule. Part three, get pile two out of sight. You can decide later if you want to store it, donate it, or throw it away. For now, just move it to another room. Part four, examine pile one. Hold each item and ask yourself, why do I love this? Is it the color? The fit? The way it makes me feel? Take out a sheet of paper and make a list of what you like. You might start seeing some themes as you go. Save these notes. You'll use them in the next step. Remember, we're designing your capsule for only this season, so look through pile one and pick out any strictly seasonal items to put in storage. When you're all done, take a look at the pile of clothes you love. Part five, add everything left from pile one back in your closet. This is the core of your capsule. Now it's time to build a whole wardrobe around it. Watch a 60-second closet cleanout breakdown on episode 9 of cladwell.com slash themakingofcladwell. Guideline 2. Develop your color palette. Once you have the core of your capsule, the next step is to come up with a clear vision of how you really want to dress. Finding your personal style is really about knowing yourself. It's about connecting who you are with the image that you project. Let's start by discovering your seasonal color palette. Typically, your results are colors similar to those already hanging in your closet. This is no surprise because what we are naturally drawn to normally reflects what we feel good in. Remember, this is not about looking like other people. It's about discovering and understanding more about yourself. We believe that identifying colors that look best on your skin tone helps you be more aware of what is unique to you. It does not prevent you from wearing another color you absolutely love. In nature, there are certain types of colors that are synonymous for each season. For example, you don't think about pumpkin pie or warm earth tones in the spring. You think about them as they relate to the fall. Just like a season reflects nature's true colors, the same can be said for your personal features. Each of us have colors that complement our hair, eyes, and skin tone. The four seasonal palettes are summer, spring, autumn, and winter. As you build your capsule, knowing your color preferences will help you to maximize the interchangeability of your wardrobe. And you won't believe how many outfits you'll be able to create with fewer clothes, just by wearing colors you love the most. One last note, don't worry about including colors in your palette that represent basic items in your wardrobe, like jeans or shoes. Select your color palette. Organize the core of your seasonal capsule by colors. Then choose three to six colors that make up your unique color palette for this season. If you can look in your closet and instantly envision multiple outfit combinations, you're likely heading in the right direction. Capsules are not one-size-fits-all. You can make yours as vibrant or as neutral as you like. The more interchangeable, the more likely you'll be to step out of bed, spin around once or twice, pick any three items with your eyes closed, and walk out the door looking as stylish as ever. Or something like that. Finally, when you've completed this step, pause and recognize the significance of what you've done. You have chosen to disregard the influence of the fashion industry. And by identifying your preferences, you are one step closer to building your personal capsule. To learn more about your color palette, you can watch episode 6 on cladwell.com slash themakingofcladwell. Guideline 3. Choose your clothes. 
Now that you have found the core of your capsule and developed a color palette around it, you should have a better sense of what you like and don't like. It's time to examine your lifestyle to determine exactly what belongs in your capsule this season. Shouldn't the things that you own add value to your life and reflect who you really are? The heart of capsuling is building a wardrobe that truly fits your lifestyle. This ensures that nothing in your closet goes unworn, and it frees you from decision panic every morning as you get dressed. List out your week-to-week activities. Write out your main weekly activities, like work or date night. Next, write down how often you dress for this activity, three times, five times, and the environment, that is, leisure, business casual, etc. For example, do you dress for work five days a week? Is it casual? If so, take note of that on your list. Now repeat this process until you've listed out your top activities in your week. Once you've completed your list, take a look at your closet. Ask yourself which activities have the least amount of clothing items. Sometimes the reason we feel like we have nothing to wear is because we're lacking a staple item for one of our top weekly activities. Take note of the number of items and any clothing gaps for each activity. This may initially feel like a lot of work, but after completing the next step, you're done. No need to look through fashion magazines, go to the mall, or waste time shopping every sale online. You'll be free. To learn more about choosing the right clothes for your lifestyle, you can watch episode 7 on cladwell.com slash themakingofcladwell. Guideline 4. Fill your gaps. Inevitably, when the clutter is gone, there will be a newfound realization that there are gaps in your wardrobe. And while a shopping trip may have once gotten you excited, it's also a little paralyzing knowing you could easily fall back into the same shopping cycle. But this time, it's different. You're different. You're now armed with information for this season. What you like. What you don't like. Your personal color palette. Your activities this season. Your gaps to fill. You don't need to fall back into the same old habits. At the same time, you also don't need to avoid shopping at all costs. When considering an item, ask this simple question. Do I really love it? Shopping healthily is turning the table and rejecting trends for the sake of trends. You'll now see sales and can let them merely pass. You're taking a huge step towards living with more intention. You now have the control, and this is big, bigger than you or me. To simplify your shopping, you need a strategy, a game plan, a map, a... you get the drift. But before we create a plan, we're going to give you a little tough love. Buying less is not a lot of work. Fighting cancer is work. Running a marathon is work. Going into labor is work. But avoiding a deal for another fast fashion brand is just not work. You got this. In fact, we've already left a trail for you to follow. First, set your strategy. Buy pre-worn clothes. Today, you can shop secondhand from a full range of online brands like ThreadUp and Poshmark who specialize in this sort of thing. Buy fewer but higher quality clothes. Rather than buying multiple items that you'll like only for a few months, budget for one or two really nice pieces that you can wear again and again. Last but not least, renting clothes can be an alternative option for those who want higher quality items without the commitment or environmental waste. Second, choose which gaps to fill. 
What's missing from your capsule to make it complete? Is it the brown boots you threw out because they were uncomfortable? Or the white button-up you clearly need for work but don't have? Take a look at your closet now that it's all cleaned out and ask yourself, what do I need to replace? Which, if any activity, needs more clothing items? Third, create your shopping list. To start, don't shop for two weeks. Instead, use the two weeks to write your list. This will ensure that you're not shopping just to shop, and you are truly intentional about what you need. Fourth, write down your favorite brands. Make a simple note of brands left in your closet. Which ones are comfortable? Which ones stand the test of time? Challenge yourself to only shop brands you know will hold up. Hey, nothing's set in stone here. So as you get into living with your capsule wardrobe, feel free to make it your own. Your capsule should be truly tailored just for you. Finally, congratulations on taking this huge step toward living with more intention. Remember, building a capsule is not about rules, but about having the freedom to express who you are through the clothes, colors, and styles that you love. To learn more about how to think about filling gaps, you can watch episode 8 on cladwell.com slash themakingofcladwell. Outro. Bigger life, smaller wardrobe. We're not on a journey to save the world, but to save ourselves. And in doing that, you save the world. Joseph Campbell. We believe our clothes matter. Right now, we are facing a global fashion crisis we can't ignore. From sweatshops and child labor to pollution, it's unsustainable. The worst part is that the fast fashion industry is fueled by our own choices and personal demand for cheap, trendy clothing. Most of us shop for fun and wear clothes without ever stopping to think about who made it. It's easy to forget that humans on the other side of the world are responsible for creating the garments we wear every day. Fast fashion is akin to fast food. Fast fashion is a shift that's happened since 1980 in the fashion industry. It's all about high quantity and low quality clothing. It's concerning for two main reasons. First, fast fashion is not good for humans on the other side of the earth. Half of our clothes used to be manufactured in the U.S., Today, that number is only 2%. If we're buying t-shirts for less than $5, there's not a lot of margin to pay workers. It's forced the entire industry to move towards cheap labor in third-world countries. While creating jobs in other countries is not inherently bad, many companies are turning a blind eye to the unsafe work environments and the lack of fair wages for those people, mostly women, sewing our clothes. Second, fast fashion is bad for the environment. The fashion industry is one of the most polluting industries on earth. Even when we think we are doing good by donating our clothes, 87% of those donations are landfilled or incinerated, mostly in other countries. There are 23.8 billion pounds of clothing that end up in landfills every year. While it's easy to ignore the things we do not see, our waste, including the chemicals and dyes from fabrics, impact people and their homes on the other side of the globe, It bleeds into other countries' rivers and contaminates their water and land. The textile industry produces 1.2 billion tons of greenhouse gas emissions, which is more than all international flights and maritime shipping combined. Yet, we all wear clothes. We all play a role in how we can better steward the earth. It's your choice. By choosing a path of less but better, you are choosing to take part in the solution. 
you are helping slow down fast fashion. It's really not just about clothing. Clothing says something about who you are and can be a gateway to creating the life you want to live. The way to a bigger, fulfilling, more inspired life is not by adding more stuff. It's by making intentional choices that are good for you and good for others. So go, make a vision, not just for your clothes, but for your relationships, your home, and the world around you. You're onto a really good thing here. To learn more about the impact of fast fashion, watch episode 12 on cladwell.com slash themakingofcladwell. Ready to get started? Find out how our app can help. Our personal styling app will help you build a wardrobe you love and make getting dressed easier every morning with daily outfit recommendations. Check it out at cladwell.com. Thanks for listening to Consumed, written by Aaron Flynn and the team at Cladwell. Copyright 2019, The Cladwell Group, Incorporated. Sources, The Conscious Closet, Fashionopolis, Ellen MacArthur Foundation, CBC News, Slate, Newsweek, Al Jazeera. We'll spare you the legal details, but please don't take any content from this book without giving us the appropriate credit and a link. And if you have questions, drop us a note at hello at cladwell.com. <laughs>